0: We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done.
1: If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinks at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889.
0: In today's episode, listener feedback. Hello, Bill. Hello,
1: Larry. So,
0: what's going on <laughs> with you? What new distros have you tried out? How's it going?
1: <laughs> I have not changed distros since Ubuntu Mate 2004. When it came out, I put it on the machine. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I've got it set up exactly how I like. I've been playing uh, World of Warcraft on it under Lutris, and uh, the frame rates are almost identical to Windows at over 80 to 100 frames a second. Hey, this one's even survived long enough for me to make two full backups. (laughs) of my system wow Uh, (laughs) two milestones
0: uh, two fantastically gigantic (laughs) milestones for
1: bill (laughs) Uh. yeah i i i like i said my for the time being my district uh, uh hopper days are pretty much over i've pretty much tried everything you only can install stuff so many times before you've seen it all or you know and I was spending way too much time in reinstalling stuff and playing with it and just to realize I didn't like it and <laughs> reinstall and try a different one so when uh, 2004 Mate come out I pretty much settled on it I got it set up I'm uh, I'm using the Cupertino uh, theme kind of my uh, and I used tweet tool to um, change the uh, some of the placement of the buttons and changed the colors and found the background I wanted, installed the programs I wanted, uh, backed up drop. I have Dropbox set up completely on it and uh, everything and all my pictures and everything. I am not touching it. Uh, It just, it just works. (laughs) It's been rock solid. So yeah, I'm very, very happy with it. I like all the um, paper cuts that they fixed that used to drive me nuts. There's, not really anything i can say that i don't like about it so yeah ubuntu mate 2004 is still um running
0: well, it sounds like you could be the next host of the Linux Luddites podcast, where they try yes. all the distributions and then decide to go back to the old stuff because you like it better. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I just I just can't be bothered. Uh, if I need to spin up a distro to look at it, I throw it in a virtual machine. Uh, virtual machine, and uh, yes, I know it's not as good as running on uh, bare metal. Yada yada yada, but. You know, if I need to look at something, I can do it that way. But uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is in me, we've had a few people bring up the uh, Patreon thing, and yes, right. I have let them know that we're not going to do it. We yep. don't want to beg for money. Uh, we don't need the money. Uh, we do this because we like it, and our costs are, are fairly minimal. Um, as far as running the podcast so I don't know what your feelings are but there there I say uh, no (laughs) I'm not interested in it
0: yeah that we've mentioned it on the show before and I am in alignment with you we don't we we don't want to start a patreon or any other sort of thing we had some ability to donate by a paypal for a while and you know we got a few uh we didn't promote it a lot but uh i'd rather not um quite frankly not not deal with that uh we we we're quite happy doing what we're doing
1: Quite frankly, yeah we just we're giving it to you for free <laughs> this is our yeah. contribution
0: Yes, this is our, yeah, it's exactly right. This is our contribution to the uh, Linux community, or one of them. So,
1: yeah, we appreciate everybody sh- uh, expressing interest in it, but right now, yeah. um, for the foreseeable future, we're just not interested in it. Um,
0: but we thank you for the uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we do thought. thank
1: you. But yeah. we, if, if you want to uh, support us, you can share uh, our podcast with other people, and we'll be happy with that. Yep,
0: and just keep listening. That's good. That's cool. Keep contributing. And speaking of contributing, we have uh, an email or two (laughs) or 20. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so we're doing okay. All right. uh, Shall we get started with them then? I think we should. Okay. Our first email is a voicemail. Does that make sense? Anyway, our first listener feedback (laughs) is a voicemail that Robert from Tennessee asked us not to play his voice. So I guess it's an email anyway. uh, I'm just going to summarize his message. It was short and sweet. He says, I know you guys are always talking about how fast Ubuntu 2004 is. I'm a Linux Mint user and I love how fast it is. It keeps up to date with Ubuntu. It's based on Ubuntu and it uses Ubuntu packages. Well, Robert, thanks for the email happy that you're happy with Linux Mint. I think there have been a few changes to the way that Linux Mint um, adopts some of the packages, particularly the snap packages that Ubuntu uses. Um, do we want to get into that, Bill? Or should we wait for, for a little bit more input and a little more research before we get into this whole D on Linux Mint? issue that seems to be bubbling
1: i read uh both sides of the story and frankly it i don't understand it so what i did is uh i don't understand what the issue is so i went it reached out to one uh, another podcast um upon the ubuntu podcast that uh uh, martin's on and sent him a, a an email asking him that maybe could he break down the arguments for and against it. So i um, hoping that he will, uh, uh, reply to that uh, email on that podcast. And then I can kind of see what he says because, you know, he is the test desktop guy and, you know, full decla- disclaimer here. He is the, uh, the, uh, creator of Ubuntu Mate. Um, so we, uh, I think we should let smarter people uh give uh explain it cuz I mean, as a layman, I just uh don't understand uh what the issues are or, or the ramifications. So I say we just let's see what uh Martin says and uh move on.
0: Okay. Yeah, for new listeners, Martin is Martin Wimpress and as you said Bill, he's the originator of Ubuntu Mate and he's the Ubuntu desktop lead. So yeah, let's, let's wait for him. He's, he's more plugged
1: into this than we are. So <laughs> yeah, we'll know relay ta- the answer. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know he's talked about it a little bit, but, uh, maybe he'll go in a little more depth and then we can actually speak on it, uh, or even discuss it, uh, with a little bit more, um, information. Yeah. So, our next email comes from Samuel, and he asks uh, about uh, ThinkPad, and he wanted some advice. He went, Hello, everyone. Some time ago, there was an episode, I can't remember which one, about Linux on ThinkPads that caught my interest. I have decided that my next laptop computer will be a ThinkPad. I know that historically, ThinkPads have had good Linux support. However... There are so many makes and models of them that I don't know which one to buy. My budget is in the $500 to $1,000 price range. I don't mind buying a used one. I have seen many models on Amazon and elsewhere that seem to fit my needs. The T-series of ThinkPads look very nice. Can you recommend any particular model or series of models? Thank you for your time. Samuel. So I know that you replied to Samuel, didn't you, Larry?
0: Yeah, yeah. And basically, the ThinkPad series from Lenovo, especially the T-Series, support Linux very, very well. You really can't go wrong with any of the T-Series computers. Uh, You've got your budget. Find a model that is the newest model that you can find with the specs that you're looking for in that budget range, whether it's brand new or whether it's a used one. And you'll be able to run Linux on there, no problem. And pretty much any Linux. Um, the things to look for is it's going to run particularly well if all of the hardware is Intel. So we're talking about the wireless card, uh, video drivers, those kinds of things. Uh, but some of the ThinkPads, you can get AMD processors, Radon displays. Uh, and those are going to work pretty well as well. So but you know the, the today's linux runs on just about any hardware and particularly well on thinkpad hardware so yeah, yeah you can't go too wrong
1: yeah just last week um the lenovo announced that ubuntu is uh is going to be loaded onto their thinkpads and it's fully supported so that should give you an indication that um think pads are pretty much uh, a good bet when it comes to running Linux.
0: Yep, I, I agree. So thanks for the email, Samuel, and good yeah, luck thanks. with your new computer. All right, our next email is from David, who says, Deja dupe, another reason to leave Windows. And a few fragmented sentences here. This is excellent. Free to backup Google Drive, free to restore, and the whole process requires no instructions. Love it. To heck with the paid Carbonite. Not needed. I'm trying to remember why I ever used Windows. Keep up the good work on your show. You need to accent how easy this backup works. Much better than what comes with Windows. Note, I am in day 19 of my lockout from paid Microsoft accounts due to an insignificant error in a password reset. Never again. Keep giving the folks fresh air on their computing choices day 19 of being locked out of your <laughs> windows account your microsoft account because you input your password wrong too many times Hmm. ouch
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i i think that might happen with just about any operating system
1: the uh thing about windows 10 they they uh i read a news story that that they're um posting a full screen saying, hey we can make you know, make your experience better by uh, accessing your Microsoft account. And so you know they they want you to tie a Microsoft account to your Windows 10 system mm-hmm. for all the other goodies but can you imagine you know you forgot your password and you can't uh, get anything you know, <laughs> or do anything on your Windows 10 and that would I'm sure you can just call Microsoft right up and say, hey, I'm having a problem. Right. It's not funny, but it is. I mean, it's like that's why uh, it always seems like a bad idea to tie everything into one account.
0: Yeah, I can, I can see that. You know, you you tie your Windows 10 to your Microsoft account and all your documents are on OneDrive and you have all your applications in Office 365 and uh, all of your uh cloud based storage and backup is on Windows compatible stuff and then all of a sudden you can't get into your account anymore. Oopsie. Uh, you've lost everything, essentially. So yeah. yeah, there you go.
1: I've had guess how many pop ups I've had from Bantu Mate uh, asking me to tie my account.
0: <laughs> Zero. Uh, how many? Yes. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, but I think the most intrusive uh part of Ubuntu Mate for me has been, Oh, there's some updates. (laughs) Do you want to install them now? Or do you want to wait? You know, type deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's your interruptions on
1: Ubuntu Mate.
0: All right. Well, thanks David for an opportunity to bash on windows one more time.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, we're not bashing, but you know, windows has its good sides and bad sides. I would say tying your account, uh, to your Windows 10 system and have everything reliant on that might not be the best. But hey, what do I <laughs> what do I know? I'm just a Linux fanboy. So our next email comes from Gus and he wrote Larry and Bill, on the last listener feedback episode, a listener suggested having episodes about different workflows with Linux. I am a web developer and hobbyist at Music Recording And I'd be potentially interested in contributing with either one of these things. As far as music recording production goes, I'm hardly a professional, but can offer what I've learned through trial and error. And I can try to simplify Linux audio, which can be a confusing mess for newbies. Thanks, Gus.
0: Yeah, and I emailed Gus back. And asked him how he would like to proceed. Would he like to record the whole thing and edit it himself and send us the video and or some something else? And he said he'd be willing to do that. So thanks, Gus. Yeah. Thanks for the offer. Thanks for the content in advance. And we'll await your contribution. We'll make an episode of it, depending on how long it is. Maybe it'll be the whole episode. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. Contributions from our minions. Thanks, Gus. All right. Our next email is from Highlander, who observed that the COVID-19 scammers are in overdrive. He writes, scammers have been calling me a lot lately, and I can't report to anyone because the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center is all shut down. Waterloo Regional Police Service has recommended to just ignore what is going on because these scammers just want Bitcoin. I can't ignore due to the greater good needing to be served for those among us who may be weak-minded or otherwise vulnerable. Scammers had used have used these phone numbers and call times to leave messages on my answering services. So he's got a, a Toronto number that... Uh, called him at 418 p.m. on May 26th, another number from the 312 area code, which called uh, on May 21st at 330, roughly. Another one from a 416 area code that called him on 1211 on uh, May 21st. So he said, I have... Included an audio sample of their crap in this email. Uh, We're not going to play that. Um, These scammers need to be identified on mainstream media, news outlets. Nothing would please me more than to know that these scammers have been shot dead. Shot by who? I don't care. Signed, (laughs) Highlander. Well, shooting them dead might be a little over the top. That's a little harsh. Yeah, at least let's prosecute them. And I know in many cases these folks are not within Canada or the United States or even North America. So um, that's going to be really difficult. But, hey, uh, I'd love to find a way to permanently block these kinds of things.
1: Yeah, I think my block list on my phone is uh, longer than my contacts uh, because, you know, I I still occasionally get the ones from the... Microsoft saying that they've detected a problem with my Windows 10 system <laughs> like wow mm-hmm. you're doing you know so they're they're not just attacking people that are concerned about COVID but they're attacking people right now because you know everybody's working from home and they're afraid and they're oh, yeah. uh, online a lot more so you know they see an opportunity they just won't try but uh, I would uh, advise against not shooting them <laughs> we could just prosecute them that would be just as good. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm yeah i uh not exactly a a scammer by phone but i received an email the other day uh, that said here's your confirmation for sign up for this service with an attached pdf file think i opened that i didn't sign up for the service never heard (sighs) of it i am not going to open it i'm curious to see what's in it but i'm not going to open it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the hard part is it makes you curious. Did somebody else <laughs> sign me up for a service? Has somebody stolen my identity? I don't know. I haven't seen anything since. So I'm going <laughs> to assume until proven otherwise that this is a scam.
1: Yeah. I just got a one the other day that said, um, it was all officially called me and said, you know, thank you for staying here. You've you know won so many bonus points and we, we thank you and we'd like to, uh, to uh have you sign up for a vacation I'm like well one i've never been to that state so i think you got the wrong person and mm-hmm. they were insistent upon it so you know what i did is i just clicked and blocked the number <laughs> it's like,
0: yep, uh, there
1: you go. it definitely would not go there so anyway our next email comes from glenn who asked about a bunch of mate a launch bar on two screens hello bill and larry I have been using Ubuntu on my home computer for over a decade and recently upgraded to 20.04. Before settling on this, I tried Ubuntu Mate for a couple weeks. I run a ThinkPad T550 laptop with a second screen above the laptop screen. The Unity desktop works really well for my workflow with the launch bar on the left edge of both screens and the Windows buttons on the left side of each window. One of the things I really like about this is that that when I launch a program from the top launcher, the window opens on the top screen and similar for the bottom. I tried but can't make Ubuntu Mate come up with a similar configuration. Have I missed something or is this just a real limitation? Thanks for the great podcast, Glenn.
0: Yeah, and we emailed Glenn back and... It turns out that it is a real limitation. It's a bug that's been known for a while. And I sent him a link to an article or actually a post on the Ubuntu Mate forums that's part of the tutorials and guides on multiple monitor panel layouts and background switcher. So there are step-by-step instructions on how to essentially work around this problem and get what Glenn is looking for. So we'll include a link to that in the show notes. And hopefully that will be helpful for our dear friend Glenn and for anyone else wanting to have launch bars set up that way on multiple screens. Okay. And Mike wrote us dual boot windows 10 with Ubuntu Mate version 20 I guess that's 2004. Yeah. And file handling between OSs. And this is one of two emails. This one email has two questions. So, question one. Unable to get Ubuntu Mate disk to recognize the Windows 10 boot manager on an NVMe drive. DR0. After running the live CD of Ubuntu Mate and not being able to even see the NVMe during boot up, I think I might have to install Ubuntu to a separate SSD drive, DR1, and then can only get Linux via the boot sequence during restart. Is there a way to edit the Windows Boot Manager to add an option for booting to Linux on another drive? The NVMe is defined in the BIOS to be running on the PCIe bus, It is having to enter the BIOS every time I wish to go into Linux. That's a little pain. If that's what has to be done, then so be it. Linux is my new main OS since Windows' lack of consistency with integrity has really caused issues for me. Tired of the bloatedness of it, too. Question two. I see that there is a read-write driver for Windows files, ntfs-3g but it seems pretty difficult to set up. My target is to share document files through the already existing Windows files into LibreOffice under Linux. I have been using Libre for Windows, but I am shifting away from using Windows 10 as the main deal, so I plan to be in Linux. As I get more settled under Linux, I plan to move the files over to Linux for processing, so the need for read-write Windows 10 files will be heavy at first, moving to less and less until none are required. I would keep the Windows 10 I.O. for interfacing into my office world and a few games. Thanks, guys, for many years of support and listening. Pleasure, Mike. Um, Regarding question two, the NTFS read-write driver, that's already baked into... Ubuntu Mate. Once you solve the issue for question one, you will be able to open up the NTFS drive, read and write files to that without any problem. So on to question one. Um, any thoughts there, Bill, about why it's not allowing him to install Ubuntu Mate to the NVMe drive?
1: Now, I have a very similar setup where my uh, uh, OS sits on the NV. ME drive, and I've never had an issue uh, installing it. I'm just wondering if it might be a um, piece of hardware that's not supported by the Linux kernel.
0: Mm, that could
1: be. But I'm uh, thinking
0: I, something even simpler. I'm thinking he probably, while he's sitting in there in the in the BIOS, uh, check to make sure that, what is it called? The, secure uh, boot? Secure boot, yeah, that secure boot is disabled or there's there's another name for it that implies that you need to enable something rather than disable something but essentially it's turning off secure boot
1: another thing that he could look at is if uh that he could try enabling legacy mode
0: that's the other thing yeah that's it's the same thing called something different so look for secure boot look for legacy mode Make sure you either disable secure boot or enable legacy mode. Once you get that set up, you should be able to install any Linux to that drive. And if you can't, then installing it to another drive with the boot manager on the, on the NVMe drive might be the solution.
1: Another thing that he could look at, depending on the age of his computer, is if he's had all the uh, BIOS updated for that machine.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So lots of things for you to think about, Mike, and let us know how that goes.
1: So Mike provided us part two of the dual boot on Windows 10 with Ubuntu Mate version 20.04 and file handling between OSs. It comes to be that I found out that the G parted sees the unallotted 25 gig space I created on the end MVE one terabyte drive however the live CD does not recognize any operating system being present so I entered the custom area and can install to the free space in creating the partition it asks some questions and I guess that I want to check to create a primary partition at the beginning of the space and it should be used as a blank and it says an EXT4 journaling file system or what? What is mounting point to be? Is it slash or slash home or slash boot, etc.? So I am not sure how to fill in this kind of partition to create. I have tried to research this kind of install but haven't found anything close for an example. Your help is appreciated, Mike. So I think I can help Mike on some of this. So on, now, I'm not running a dual boot, but I've always set my systems up with my uh, OS uh, is always on the SSD. And so that's always on the forward slash, and that tells it to put all the files for the system on that on that disk or that partition. Then I, t- I have a spinning uh, hard drive, a one terabyte drive. And I always uh, put uh, forward slash home and that tells uh, where to store all the programs, all your settings, uh, all your files and games and stuff. The reason I do it this way is uh, I want to limit the amount of read-write to the OS and the uh, let the uh, spinning rust, as I like to call it, uh, handle all the um, programs. So... What I would suggest is, um, while you're looking at it, if you go to uh, when you're setting it up and it says, you know, you're you're setting it up for just your system, you go ahead and put uh, forward uh, slash, and then that will put all your uh, system files there, and then put forward slash home uh, for um, all your other personal files, your pictures, etc.
0: Yep. Sounds like good advice.
1: So, yeah. Um, I don't, I've don't. i never used the slash boot. I guess that would be if you had uh, like a, uh, a system that you had multiple OSs. But uh, one of the things that you, uh, and he didn't say, is that uh, if you're going to do a dual boot with Ubuntu Mate or any Linux, you need to install Windows first, update everything, then install the Ubuntu or, or the Linux afterwards because Windows uh, boot manager does not play well with um, Linux. Uh, you know, so just a pro tip there I learned the hard way.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. So I'm no expert in this, but I think what it is is the slash is the root directory that um, yes gets gets things started. The boot directory the slash boot is where the files are to actually boot into the operating system as opposed to the uh, the bootloader which is on the root and then home is where all your files are so um, that's as i recall it and if any of our minions want to correct me feel free Uh, (laughs) i but i think that's the way it is all right, let's move on to George, who uh, writes about episode 391, OpenOffice DRM-protected WMA file. So David had uh, asked about getting his audio files off of, was it a, an MP3 player or something like that? But yeah, anyway, George writes, I'm surprised David found noticeable speed differences between Open and LibreOffice. I find Libre runs really well, even on computers with low-end processors. Some months ago, I installed OpenOffice as a test and didn't notice any material speed advantage over LibreOffice. Could David have installed LibreOffice in Flatpak or Snap? Either might run slower than a native DEB install, thinking Ubuntu-based. He mentioned dates. If he is importing dates from an Excel spreadsheet into either Libre or OpenOffice, he may have to set the base date for his new sheet. That's in Tools, Options, Calc, Calculate, where there are three options for the date from which to start date calculations and display. If I remember correctly, you have to do something similar in Microsoft Office. So uh, that was just an aside from me. Continuing (laughs) with George's email, what Libra offers that Open doesn't is a much larger developer community. LibreOffice uh, updates much more frequently, which may add features or improve security. Since LibreOffice is a fork from OpenOffice, it's not surprising that when bugs are found, they may appear in both. Over the past year, I've read reports of bugs being fixed in Libra and not in Open, something to consider if, like David, you're interested in security. And he provides an article on that, Uh, And we'll include that in the show notes, of course. And regarding WMA DRM, so WMA is the Windows audio format for files, and DRM is digital rights management, or essentially lock-in. I was surprised when Larry suggested Audacity would open DRM protected WMA files. According to the Audacity manual, that's not the case and he provides a reference to the Audacity manual just to prove his point. There's always the analog method, playing the music files from a DRM-enabled device, headphone jack into the mic input device of a computer from Audacity to record it. I did that years ago from Sony Walkman. Not perfect, but rather than losing cherished old tracks, no longer available, or maybe not cherished enough to buy again. George. Uh, regarding... George's comments on the audio file. You're absolutely right. I misspoke. It, it I made a mistake, Bill. I made a mistake. You did. Uh, <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> uh yeah, the if the file is in WMA format and not DRM protected, Audacity will open it just fine. If it's DRM protected, Audacity won't do that. You need to break that uh first or as George suggests play it by audio into Audacity and re-record it from analog to digital and seems like a, a waste of uh bandwidth to take a digital file, make it uh make analog. it analog and then <laughs> record it back to digital, but that's what you've gotta do, I guess. Anyway. So LibreOffice versus OpenOffice, what do you think? <laughs>
1: I have always used uh, what was installed, which has always been LibreOffice. I haven't had any issues with it, actually. I just used it last night, and it uh, it worked really well. So I would say whatever the distribution installs, uh, I would use. uh, And I believe probably 95% of them are all using LibreOffice. And if you're looking for an up-to-date package say you're running Windows in uh, at work and you want to share the files easily um, with um, your Linux machine at home uh, you can also download one for LibreOffice it's up-to-date with all the latest security um, uh, fixes and the thing that you need to keep in mind is if you're using the Excel or calc um, Some of these more advanced macros will not work uh, well on LibreOffice just because they're a little formatted different or they want uh, to do things that uh, LibreOffice doesn't like. So uh, something to just consider. Uh, If you use LibreOffice, you can uh, save in uh, the DocX format that uh, Office uses, and it also can uh, uh, read DocX. So there's really no downside that I can see about uh, using LibreOffice Now I did want to address the one thing about uh, and it was uh, which George pointed out is that it might, it might have been in a snap or a flat pack. Well, the first time you start a snap or flatback, you're going to take, it's going to take a little bit longer, a few more seconds. That's because it is, uh, in a snap, it uses uh, a file system called SquashFS, and that's what uh, sits in a container and runs the program. Now, I know they have made lots, um, Martin had mentioned that they are working on uh, minimizing this uh, little bit of overhead, but once it's, been started uh, once I, I really haven't noticed any uh, difference as far as speed maybe if, uh, a second or two but I mean that's about all I've noticed but they're always constantly trying to uh, to make it a little better uh, so yeah just keep that in mind that uh, if you're running something in Uh, a snap or a flat pack that you might have a little bit overhead when it first starts up, but nothing that will make you pull out your hair.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think on any, uh, modern computer, like recently manufactured computer, it's going to be fast enough that you probably won't notice any differences in speed if they are there. And the other key difference between open and LibreOffice office is that they have different licenses And that is one of the reasons why the open office updates get into LibreOffice, but the LibreOffice fixes and updates don't make it back, in some cases, to OpenOffice because of the incompatibility of the two licenses. OpenOffice can't take all of the updates from LibreOffice without changing their license, which, of course, they don't want to do. So... That Whereas LibreOffice can openly take all of the open office updates and pick and choose what they want to fix their particular version of the office suite, even though for most purposes of most people, they do exactly the same thing.
1: Yeah. And like I said, you know, choose which one you want, but just know there are some differences and, um, you know. I pretty much trust what the distros put into it. I mean, I think uh, Ubuntu uses LibreOffice. Ubuntu Mate uses LibreOffice. um, uh, I think Fedora even uses LibreOffice. So there, I mean, apparently, you know, there's enough distributions that are choosing LibreOffice. There's got to be a reason, a reason, and probably some of it might have for be about security, or it could be that they just want to make sure that They have the latest uh, and greatest office suite. Yep. So our next email comes from Jack Death, uh, who provided a link to a review of Linux FX 10, a Windows-like Linux distro on top of Ubuntu 20.04. Jack, I am not trying it. Tempting. <laughs> uh, it's tempting. The, it's tempting. The, the, no, it's not even tempting the the meaning to try and tempt me. But anyway. Uh the reviewer says, I chose to review it because I believe Linux FX has the closest pre-installed user interface to Microsoft's Windows ten. We may have already guessed the reason the Windows theme. Nevertheless, Linux FX suits best. For beginners who want to migrate to Linux but find it hard to work on Linux desktop like GNOME or KDE, Well I would say try Mate, but okay, I understand. Um, what's what's your feelings on this, Larry? Well, I
0: read through part of the article, and without having read through the whole thing, it strikes me that this is uh, a Windows. 10 skin on top of linux and they've done some work to make it behave as much like windows as they can and still be running linux so yeah yeah, if you if you are moving over from windows 10 and you find it difficult to find things in the linux desktop environment whichever linux you're using using this might be the one for you to take a look at. And since it's based on Ubuntu, you're, you you could certainly do a lot worse. So I think um, you can certainly try it. I would recommend though, just learn the new way of doing things. If you were moving from Windows to Mac OS, they're not gonna give you this kind of thing to ease you into it. You just have to learn the new way of doing things. And it takes a little bit of effort. I've done it, moving from Windows to Mac OS for work. And it took me a while to get used to it. And the same applies for movers from Windows 10 to Ubuntu or any other Linux distribution. But give it a chance. Give it some time. It'll become second nature. And you'll wonder what took you so long. (laughs) Okay. Jeremy comes back dear larry and bill my name is jeremy and i am a returning listener to the podcast i really think you do a wonderful job with the podcast i haven't listened in quite a while it is wonderful to know that you are still doing the podcast when did bill become part of the show oh i don't know about seven eight ten years ago i don't know <laughs> what happened to tom eh, he retired also <laughs> <laughs> what is the RSS feed for subscribing to the podcast? Um <clears throat> it's on the webpage, GoingLinux.com. Anyway, I look forward to more wonderful episodes. Sincerely, your new fan and new listener, Jeremy. Okay, Jeremy. Uh <laughs> all, all snide comments aside, uh, the RSS feed is on the po- on the um website goinglinux.com, but uh you can subscribe in many podcatchers just search for going linux uh, and i think you have to search for it as two words going space linux and whether that's rhythmbox or whether you're using something like stitcher streaming service or even itunes um if that's a thing anymore uh <laughs> apple podcast maybe um, you you'll be able to search for it by name and find it without any difficulty if you just search for going linux and um If you want the RSS feed, we, by the way, we did email it to him, but uh, just for sake of the podcast, (laughs) it's on our website. There you go. But thanks. Um, Welcome back, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, welcome back. Um, So our next email comes from Daniel, who wrote his final word on Ubuntu 20.04. 20.04 Ubuntu is not installable for me at all, so I will use Ubuntu GNOME for now. It turns out that some think this error is on something called Launchpad. What is that? Thank you for your show and also for your patience.
0: And he didn't actually send us the error message that he's receiving. But bottom line is he can't install whatever it is he wants to install. And I think he's just giving up on that idea and just using stock Ubuntu GNOME. I'm assuming it's 20.04 And Launchpad is the Ubuntu family of distributions tool that they use to triage bugs. And so, yeah, if there's a bug, it'll be on Launchpad. And if you want a link to how to uh, get involved and uh, help with the bug triage, we'll include a link in uh, the show notes to the Ubuntu triage page. And that applies to all the Ubuntu flavors. Our next one is from Frank. Frank said, I admit this is a belated feedback. Stuff happens and I'm way behind in listening to your podcast, but I have listened to every episode. That's good. I've listened to <laughs> your episode too, Frank. Thanks. This is in reference to the German Linux user in Greece, living in Greece, who is having trouble allowing his users to have access to partitions on a second hard drive. In all the discussions regarding this, no one made mention that his issues might have been resolved by editing slash Etsy slash FSTAB for that partition to allow, quote, user permissions to that drive. I think that is worthy of investigation. Okay, Frank, we'll pass that along. In fact, we just did.
1: <laughs> okay. Our next email comes from David, who forwarded a forum post about Ubuntu Monte version 20.04. Regarding Linux, not going back to Windows, love it. I do have one very small, very minor, very insignificant inconvenience, so no need to respond. I realize you still have a day job and are an active podcaster. I, I am semi-retired, thus have time to burn playing around with it. To use my headphones, I have to disconnect my USB speakers. Linux is just not smart enough to recognize headphones. Note, it is not as simple as selecting headphones or system output. Cure is just to just connect the USB and reconnect the USB later when back to no need for headphones. I tried the below command lines and they did not work really One thing I love about Linux, someone else always has an answer via the command line. Just hope I never brick my system using them. Larry, do you or your partner in crime have any ideas on this? Again, not a big deal. But basically, uh, he went sudo apt remove, dash dash purge, also dash base, pulse audio. And then he went sudo apt install. ELSA base pulse audio okay so he so he ripped out pulse and he reinstalled pulse um, and he writes thanks David uh, I've never had an issue anytime I've always plugged my headphones in that's what I used to record the podcast it always sees them uh, the only thing it, it hasn't happened since the new version but sometimes if you are uh, disconnecting a USB like speakers and you plug in the headphone, it might, uh, for some reason it might not recognize it. I always found it just restarting it. Uh, the the distro, it automatically, uh, see the new, uh, device. But since 2004, actually since about 1804, I haven't had that issue. Anytime I unplug it and then plug something in, it just automatically appears. So I don't know what's going on with him.
0: Yeah. The only problem i've had with headphones has not been with usb but rather with the audio jack that's on the side of the computer and using um apple iphone headphones you know the ones with the old audio jack Uh, since they don't work on the phones anymore i may as well use them as headphones (laughs) and uh yeah whenever i plug that in it just doesn't work so and it was working on previous versions of ubuntu mate but i'm thinking it may be the jack itself you know a hardware failure as opposed to software failure but as far as usb is concerned nope no problem there the only thing i've had problems with as i recall recently is uh, bluetooth Um, bluetooth headphones those problems went away but i got a bluetooth uh, keyboard which for some reason required me to put in the code to pair you know normally these days you click pairing and it just goes and does it well this one requires you to actually type in a four six digit code whatever it is and of course with the bluetooth utility there's it just it doesn't display that so i had to figure out how to install a Bluetooth device from the command line. So it would give me the prompt to enter the, <laughs> the the pairing code. And so I learned something new on uh, Bluetooth connections on Linux. Um, not a big deal. Uh, but, uh, Hey, yeah, I, David, I don't know what the answer is to your USB thing. And since it's such a small, very minor, very insignificant inconvenience, um, yeah, we'll we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Plugging them in, unplugging them. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I do want to uh, stress one thing to David: be very careful uh, about putting random commands <laughs> into the terminal unless you know exactly what they do. Uh, some people might uh, you know, try to prank you. Whatever has happened, where what what's it? Uh, there was the command that people were entering in, hey, type this in and fix it, So, yeah, you, and it would wipe out their whole system. So just be really careful because command line is super powerful, and it has even more power um, – is more powerful than the, the uh, GUI or the uh, graphical user interface that you know, a lot of us use to – you manage your systems because when you get to the command line, it's going to ask you, "Do you really want to do this?" Enter your password, and then it does. And if it and you can hose your system, uh, not that I have done that, but yes, it, it can happen. Okay. Yes, you're absolutely right.
0: Our next and last email is from Stephen, who wrote about my twenty point oh four book. Hey, I've been an avid user of Linux, and especially Ubuntu Mate 20.04 for many years, and was intrigued to see, via the Ubuntu Mate website, that someone has been writing books about it. There probably isn't much I'd get from it, but there might be the odd quirk I didn't know about, which could make life that much easier. Unfortunately, it seemed at first it was only available in horrible Kindle format. I was hoping for a DRM unencumbered PDF or EPUB so that I didn't need any proprietary software or hardware to read it. Good old Atril can read both PDF and EPUB. But then, when I read the first few pages via Amazon's Look Inside feature, I noticed it states that this is under Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 and encouragement is given to redistribute it freely. So I went back to your site in the hopes of finding a PDF or EPUB and stumbled upon our page on Ubuntu Mate Books. But this only goes up to 18.04 as a PDF. A quick Google of your copyright, however. Copyright 2017 through 2020, Larry Bushy. And bingo! There is a copy available off the back of someone's FTP site. And it's the LabDo site. Um, we mentioned LabDU, this uh nonprofit that helps educate people, uh, and we provided them some copies of the PDF files for free distribution to any of their contributors and students and teachers, and they've put it on their FTP site, which of course is available to the public. So anyway, continuing and concluding Stephen's email. Should this be your site as well? Is it intentional to keep PDF or EPUB from being linked to there? You could always put a donation button next to it, Stephen. <laughs> okay, the donation button is Amazon. <laughs> you go to Amazon and you buy book. <laughs> if you want a free copy, I've put free PDFs available on uh, our website up to version 18.04. If you want to download the free version of the 20.04 book from the Labdo site, we'll include the link in the show notes so you can do that. And uh, I would recommend, though, that since they are providing a public service, that you at least visit their site at labdo.org and take a look at their services and maybe contribute to their organization. Um, So... Yeah, the the books are Creative Commons licensed so that if you have a copy and you want to give it to someone, you can do that. If you want to make photocopies of the printed book, you can do that. If you want to take the PDF version or the Kindle version or any of the versions and provide them for free to somebody else, you're free to do that as well. So uh, once you have a copy of it, feel free to distribute it however you want that's what the license says as long as you give attribution back to uh the author which is me uh and uh that's fine just say where you got it we're good
1: <laughs> well that that's a really hard terms larry
0: yeah i know it's it's tough uh just letting people know where you <laughs> where you got it yeah but that's the terms of the license and the copyright so Please abide by that. But no, seriously though, you're free to distribute the books however you see any portion of them. In fact, if you want to use anything that I've written in those books and use them in your own publications, you're free to do that as long as you say that you got it from the book.
1: That's good. Yeah, I don't think you have. You don't have high-powered lawyers ready to swoop down if they didn't.
0: (laughs) Oh goodness, no. (laughs) All right, I don't need that hassle. Uh, Anyway, that (laughs) wraps up our show for this time, Bill.
1: All right. Our next episode is going to be a uh, user experience, but we haven't figured out what we're going to write about yet. Uh, we've got several things in the works, so you have to tune in to find out. There you go. So until then, you can go to our website at Goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe.
0: We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done.
1: And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Links podcast community on community.goinglegs.com.
0: Until next time, thanks for listening. 73.